Welcome everyone to the Pocket Larry Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Dr. Van Beek. Yeah, yeah. I'd vouch for that. He is Dr. Van Beek. Yeah. yeah. Anything else we should say about it? No, no. Let's just jump right in. We sh- we should we should. It's uh it's there's quite a bit in this chapter. Um, we'll uh, we'll kind of gloss over Gog and Magog and stuff like that. But there's there's a lot going on here. So yeah, and and so. We are talking about Revelation 20, folks, So, which we're going to talk about things like the thousand-year reign, right, Larry, and what that means, and the defeat of Satan, and all those other fun things that we'll find in this chapter. That's true. That's true. So um, I would probably read all the way down to six, and we'll just do that as, uh, ah, we could read, read the first three. We'll do that, and then we'll read four to six. Sounds good. All right, folks, Revelation 20, starting at verse one. And then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not be, sorry, so that he might not deceive the the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Easy for me to say, by the way. <laughs> so we are actually, um, oddly enough, Steve, mm. these three verses that you've just read. Yes, sir. Are the three verses um, on the thousand years, right? Um, mm. We're going to do that actually in four to six as well. So 21 to six um is is the is the uh, the talk of the thousand year reign, and one to three is the main piece on on the uh, on the millennium, okay. right? Okay. Okay. So so oddly enough, for all of the stuff that goes on with the millennium, you know, the the revelation millennium, the thousand year uh, reign of of Christ okay. on the earth, uh, this is all there is. This is all there is, is, is this little piece here and, and a, couple of, uh, a couple of mentions in the next couple of verses. But, um, but you know, there's, there's, there's multiple volumes written um, on Revelation on this, on this section and on the, uh, on the thousand year reign of Christ. There's, there are four major views of the millennium okay. and there are, you know, there are other minor views that are like takeoffs of the major views, and it's all on these on these three verses in Revelation. <laughs> a little bit um, ironic, right? <laughs> doesn't doesn't need. I don't think. I don't think it 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 carries enough for, for the amount of attention <laughs> for the amount of attention that it gets, but it gets massive attention, and 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 people talk about this all the time. Hmm. So the, the the major views of the millennium, of course, there are two premillennial views, then there's an amillennial view, and then there's a postmillennial view. Hmm. So and it all has to do with this verse these verses and this idea of satan being bound for a thousand years so so the two premillennial views are what we call um uh classical premillennialism and dispensational premillennialism okay so and the only the, the difference between those and we talked about this before when we talked about a rapture right okay so if you're going to see a rapture you have to be premillennial mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
Okay, because if you're all millennial or post millennial, a rapture doesn't work. But if you're if you're pre millennial, Jesus comes and then there's a thousand year reign. So if you're dispensational pre millennial, you think that there is a very strong break. Um, chasm between the church and Israel. Their their promises to the church and Israel are completely separate. Okay. Um, and they're they're separate in the book of Revelation specifically, because you're talking about the thousand years. And you also see this thousand years as a as a literal one thousand years. So Jesus is going to come back. There's going to be a rapture either before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, um, or at the end of the tribulation. And after the rapture, then Jesus is going to return to earth and he's going to rule and reign for 1,000 years, right? If you're classical premillennialism, millennial, you can see the church in Israel being one. Hmm. You can see the verses about the church, about Israel referring to the church. You usually see things more symbolically in Revelation and the 1,000 years doesn't have to be a literal 1,000 years. But you're still going to see some kind of a rapture or at least you're going to see Jesus return and then reign for a thousand years. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, if you're all millennialism, all, all millennial, that's the Dutch reform view. Okay, um, that's usually who we tie it to anyway, because I think the guy who espouses it is Dutch reform. So we we kind of wrap them all up with him. Yep. Yeah, whether they want to be or not, we don't we don't know for sure. That's not their choice. But <laughs> yeah, but they they the all millennial means um, no one thousand years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like when you put "ob" in front of a Greek word, that that negates it sometimes. Mm, yeah. It's like putting "un" in front of um, Latin words and some English words, okay. like the "uncola." Yeah. This is the "un," and they so they just say, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and and this this doesn't really mean that much as far as as the whole as the whole of eternity goes, and and Jesus isn't gonna. There's not gonna be seven years, and there's not gonna be a thousand years. Uh, all of that is is meaningless. The third view is post or the fourth view is postmillennialism, which was actually they say classic Baptists believe postmillennial, hmm. and they really felt um, at the in the nineteenth century, beginning of the twentieth century, nineteenth century especially, they thought the with the industrial revolution and stuff, they thought the world was going to get better and better, and then we were going to usher in Jesus into this perfect world that we had created. Wow. Uh, yeah, about the most wrong view out there. Although, <laughs> although the lady that, that, that's in, there's a book by a guy named Klaus called The Four Views of the Millennium. Mm -hmm. And the the Baptist lady that does it, I forgot her name now, actually makes a very good case for it. She does a really good job. Mm. So even though I taught, well, the way I'm saying it, it sounds kind of dumb. Um, if you read her, you, you might even go along with it. It sounds that good. Oh, okay. so, so that's the whole thing about a millennium. So what's happening here in this actual thing is an angel has the key to the bottomless pit. You remember, remember there was a star in chapter 9, mm -hmm. and stars are angels, oftentimes in Revelation. Right. And this star opened the bottomless pit to let Satan out in, in the seven years. Right. Right. Well, now he comes back and he grabs Satan, sticks him back in the bottomless pit, and binds him, and he's bound for a thousand years. So some some will say, like Walvert and others will say, that Satan is completely bound. He has no power. Um, so we're all going to live on the earth for a thousand years. Um, the lion lays down with the lamb, okay. uh, which actually isn't in scripture, as it turns out. Uh, there's a there's a wolf, and there's 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 children leading them, and there's lions. Um, 
but but uh, but anyway, the whole idea is that for a thousand years, nobody's going to die. They're all going to. We're all. Satan, Christ is going to rule the entire world, mm-hmm. and everything's going to be perfect. And at the but but oddly, Steve, remember we've taken you to the end of time so many times. <laughs> we, this sounds like the end of time again. But at the end of this, they got to let Satan loose for a little bit again. <laughs> you know, so. So he's tied in great change. By the way, the book of Enoch in chapter eighty-eight also talks about about um, about Satan being tied with chains, yeah. um, and they actually use all of the names of Satan here. They call him the dragon, which he's called several times in Revelation. They call him the ancient serpent. I think in mm-hmm. in chapter twelve he's called both the dragon and the ancient serpent, and he's called the devil and he's called Satan. So let's just let's just wrap up all of the names of Satan. Just make sure that nobody misses. That Satan's going to be uh, going to be tied down for a thousand years. Right. Right. Okay. And they shut him in the pit. So some think he's completely shut in. Some people think that his power is limited. So they actually put this 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 limiting of Satan's power. Oddly enough, you could put that at the cross as well. Ah. When Jesus died on the cross is when he limited Satan's power. Right. I get and that. I I kind of like that one actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, he's released for a little while. So then we go on to chapter, verse 4 to 6. Okay, picking it up at verse 4 then. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those whom the... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to get this today. Wow, tough day of reading. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in this first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him, for a thousand years gets a little confusing doesn't it mm-hmm. <clears throat> it starts off by saying the ones that get to reign with jesus are the ones that were killed beheaded mm-hmm. for their testimony of jesus and remember they're the ones in chapter six that were underneath the um under the altar crying out how long will lord until you judge these nations and he says well until the number that have to die the way you were killed is fulfilled and then i'll judge remember that yeah yeah and we were saying this is the oddity of revelation is that people are being killed for their faith they say when when are you going to judge and god says oh, a few more you still have to die right and this is the piece that that you and i would struggle with the most i mm-hmm. think is mm-hmm. this idea that that uh life and death doesn't mean to god what it means to us right yes yeah right? so true yeah yeah and so anyway so these ones that are beheaded that the ones that did not worship the beast or his image or the mark or have his mark on their foreheads they're the ones who come to life and reign with christ so they're so the ones that have been persecuted through this entire book that this whole book is about the, those that have died for their faith are the ones that are going to rule and reign with christ for this thousand years mm-hmm. The rest of the dead don't get to come back until the thousand years. So if you just died, you know, um, you know, you just, you know, you ate too much spicy food, then then you don't get to come back with the other guys. 
it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like, like, like we poopy Christians. We, you know, we, we just we have to wait. We have to yeah. hang around. Sorry, you're, for a you're while longer. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you don't need to apply. You're not eligible yeah. yet. <laughs> Though the end of the thousand years is still the first resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. Blessed are the ones who share in this first resurrection. But then he says. They're the ones who are going to be priests of God, and they're going to reign with him for a thousand years. So at first he seems to suggest it's only the ones who died a martyr's death get to reign with him. And then it, then he sort of says, ah, we'll let you all in. Right. You, you can all join us for the thousand years. The important thing that's going on here is that if we live for Christ, we're going to rule and reign with Christ. Right. And that's the first resurrection. There's, there's another one coming, but the other one's not nice. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. And that's the defeat. And now, now, once he's done all of this, Satan's been chained for a thousand years. He's going to let him go again. Yeah, because this book cannot drop this thing, can they? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cyclical pattern. Okay. That's right. Yeah. John's almost saying, "Oh, I forgot something." Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll just throw this in quick. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> won't won't take a minute. Just bear with me. Um, yeah. All right, folks, picking it up at verse 7. <laughs> we can't do that, of course, because this is, we considered this inspired scripture. So we we uh, we can't just go, oh, let me throw this in because I forgot to mention it before. <laughs> verse 7. Picking it up at verse 7. And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea, and they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them, and the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So there you go. So, so at the end of the thousand years, um, we're going to let Satan go again. Um, you know, he's going to have one more kick at the can and he'll deceive the nations. Now, people that believe that the, that the, the thousand years is a literal thousand years when, when there's, there's no death on the earth, everybody is, is serving God in a sense. They say at the end of the thousand years when Satan's released, that gives everybody their opportunity to turn their back on God again and, and go with Satan. Mm. And, and I, though I don't agree with that, um, I do see this whole idea that Satan's going to continue to deceive the nations, right? Mm -hmm. um, Gog and Magog are, are actual places, and they're they're preparing them to battle, and and their numbers like the sand of the sea. So there's just hordes and hordes and hordes that are, that are willing to rise up against up against God, and they march the 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 distance of the earth. They surround the saints. They're going to destroy the saints. And then God consumes them. So do you remember we've had two different places where where Christ has ridden ahead of us into battle, and we've just gone with Him, and mm -hmm. He's and He's taking care of everything, right? Right. Remember, and we were just a part of that. Well, now now it's sort of Lord of the Ringy. Okay. You remember when when the um, when the Great Walls were opening up, and they were they were going to fight everybody, and then Frodo Frodo. here. They've surrounded us, we think it's over, and then fire comes down from heaven, consumes them, the devil is thrown into the lake of fire, 
where the beast and the false prophet have already been thrown, and there they're going to be tormented day and night forever and ever. And this is where we get our concept that hell is is uh, forever and it's torment forever. This is where the concept of the torment of hell. This is this is like it comes from places in the Old Testament as well with Sheol. Right. But but it comes here in the New Testament. This is where we get our concept. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask you about that to say you know like the the oh I can't even think of what what's that what's that called where you. The annihilationists have got to be. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot annihilationists would just say this is symbolic, I imagine, mm -hmm. because, um, and if it's Satan and the beast and the false prophet, but it's not people that are included here. Mm. Though the, in the next verses, they are going to be included. <laughs> um, but then they would say, they would have to say that this is symbolic and you're actually completely destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it it's kind of tough, isn't it? Because there are there are places in Scripture that are that are pretty straightforward. Yeah, like yeah. this great white throne that's coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always smile because, and you've said this many times, as we have stepped through this entire book, that people will simply just will will easily move back and forth between symbolic and literal when it doesn't agree with their point of view. <laughs> yeah, and 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 but I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. But yeah. But it, it does bring a smile to my face. Yeah, um, since I do the same thing, I have to kind of allow it a little bit. Because <laughs> I also don't understand what's going on in this book half no, the time. No, no, And anyone that says they do, they're, they're a liar. Um, yeah, I remember um, our old Greek teacher said, I think John was on drugs when he wrote this thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was not the Christian Greek teacher. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so picking it up in verse 11 then, folks. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And from his pre presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. And then another great book was, and then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what is written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were all judged, and they were judged, each of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So there you go. And that's, that, that's the, there's the concept of, of people being thrown into the lake of fire and then living forever um, being tormented, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then we would always say, God never planned for them, or God never made them do this. This this is where free choice um, fits in very, very strongly over any kind of concept of predestination. Right. We would say people chose this, right? So, so God is on this great this great white throne, and why it sounds like a toilet to us is is uh we're kind of stuck with with the whole concept of the great white throne um it would have been nice if it was just a great throne and just leave it at that yeah and and nothing can stand in god's presence remember and there are other places in scripture say if you see god you die right right and then of course moses spoke to him face to face um and we have to we have to do little little games to say well he didn't actually see him uh although he did see his his back end when he was was up on the mountain and um then the the great the everybody stands before the throne 
Mm-hmm. These books are open. They're, this book has been in other places in this book as well, remember? Yeah. Um, right? And and here the book of life is opened, mm-hmm. and then the other book is opened, and everybody's judged according to their deeds. But if your name's in the book of life, you're, you're free. You're okay. Yeah. Right? There's another judgment throne called the Bema Seat, which is Christ's judgment throne, where you're judged for what you do. Um, and that, that seems to say... Um, remember, he says some 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 are gold and diamonds, and others are mm-hmm. everything gets burned up, and they they just barely get into heaven, right, 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 because of their because of their deeds. But everybody who's in the book of life, they're they're only judged by being in the book of life. Everybody else, they they they're thrown into hell based on what they've done. But mm-hmm. those that are in the book of life get to be in heaven because they're in the book of life. And not based on what what they've done. So, okay. so that's the whole idea. And then death and Hades um, are thrown into this lake of fire, along with already you've got Satan's there, the false prophet, and the beast are there. Right. Which I still think is the Roman Empire, of course, yep. Satan and the Roman Empire. But they're all they're all cast into this lake of fire, and and that's the that is the final judgment, and that should be the end of the book, right? Except, but it's a not. Few more chapters yet, <laughs> and, there's, and there's still going to be a couple of chapters. Yeah. But um, but that Satan is defeated, and John wants to make it really clear that um, that if you follow the beast and you, you if if you accept his mark, if if you um, pledge allegiance to someone other than God, other than Christ, then this is your final end. Hmm. Hmm. You're an annihilationist. You say, "Well, actually, you know, you get burned up in the lake of fire. There, there is no permanent um, punishment here. And if you're not an annihilationist, you see this as permanent punishment." Okay. Okay. And and that's it for that chapter, man. There's a there's a ton of stuff going on here, and I was going to say more about Gog and Magog, but um, but we can we can pick that up another time. Let, before we go, Larry, let me ask you one question. So, from your point of view. Then yes, that because again we're still talking about Rome, right? And in the religious system of Rome, um, that great horde that comes to the city is that is that the destruction? You know, is that eighty seventy and the destruction of the temple, or is, or do we see that as Christ coming and that was the great victory at that point in time? So at the cross, then that was the great victory that happened, or. Well, for us, for for much of this book, of course, the the victory of Jesus is the cross. Right. Right. When he rides forward, his robes are dipped in blood. We consider that his own blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole thing is about is about the salvation that comes with Christ. Um, AD seventy is the critical turning point for for the Jewish people. I don't know if the Romans would have would have thought much of it. Mm. Um, you know, for them, yeah, you know, it's it's one it's one of our the little places that we have to deal with, right? Okay. You know, we, we, we send a few like Pontius Pilate and others, they go there for a little while. If they do well they get to come back to Rome and have a little bit better jobs. Um but for the Jewish people, AD seventy was a complete turning point where the Sadducees lost their power with Rome, the Pharisees took over in power and um and because of AD seventy, our Bible is is the uh, the thirty nine books that we have, mm-hmm. which would have been twenty two or twenty four for the Jewish people, um, because that was the Pharisaic Bible, um, and so so that was the turning point where where the Jewish people gained 
some semblance of peace with Rome and started started persecuting the Christians so badly. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this whole thing's about. I don't think I answered your question at all, did I? No. Uh, well, I, I mean, I think you kind of referenced those two points I talked about. So really, it's about, you know, this this time of reign, you could really see this as this is Jesus dismantling it right at, at the cross. Everything else is irrelevant to that. Like, eighty seventy is irrelevant to to what John is talking about here. Um, it depends on, like for some of us, 80, 80, 70, uh, like some would say that is exactly what John John is referring to. But if I'm putting, if I'm putting the writing of this book around 85, then we're, we're 15 years beyond 80, 70. And um, it's still, it's still incredibly meaningful mm-hmm. to John, but it's, it's not the point of the book. Right. Now, if you put it in Nero's time, you're before AD 70. If you're Vespasian, um, then you're right on AD 70, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, so in New Testament studies, of course, that is the turning point for everything that we do. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think John is saying, you know, Rome, Rome has been powerful for too long, and what they're doing to the Christians, yeah, what they're going to do to us, actually, as Christians, to John's people, is um, is what what uh, Jesus is going to to uh, judge, mm. and I think judgment of Rome is what he's referring to. Though we have said many times in this book, this could be the judgment of any human civilization that has gained power, because mm-hmm. when they gain power, they seem to turn against God. Yeah, yeah, and we can even see that in Canada, United States. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks for that, bud. That that was awesome. Yeah, folks, appreciate you appreciate you listening in. Um, we love doing this, and um, and we're just so glad that you join us on this. So next week, guess what? We're going to pick up Revelation twenty one, which is strangely after the end of time yet again. But you know what? We'll be here for you for that one. So join us next week on the Apocalypse Podcast. <laughs>